Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today is a part four of our reviews for winter 2015. It is an A winter 2015. Um, and you have been listening to I've Been Waiting in the F- in That Forest by Bonjour Suzuki. And that is the OP for Yurikuma Arashi, which is one of the shows that we're going to talk about today. We have eh, five shows. Not as not as big and epic as the other episodes, but as you might probably tell by the list I'm about to give you, it's going to have a lot of discussion. And that is Gourmet Girl Graffiti, Idol Master Cinderella Girls, Saikano How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend, Rolling Girls, and Yurikuma Arashi. We left it on the very last one, specifically because yes. Chris asked, because he knows that there's going to be quite a discussion going on with that one. But yeah, before we get into that... We're from otakuspirit.com. You can go there for our news, reviews, and coverage of new and old anime, as well as what's left of the first impressions for the spring 2015 season. Uh, check those out if you are interested. We also have a link at the top that goes to our community. It's a form button. Click on that. Go there. Sign up. Talk with the people there. There are a lot of great people who want to talk about anime. Very friendly environment. Uh, definitely check them out and get in the discussion. Yes, please. Are, are you ready? <sighs> we both breathe, uh, breathe in and <laughs> this is going to be an interesting podcast that is for a fact we're going to start off with uh, gourmet girl graffiti or kofuku graffiti and that is a show about a girl that cooks chris tell us about the show i gave the synopsis in like a few words because that's no yeah you yeah you want to do the um, full thing or um, is that all we need uh possibly Possibly. You probably could get more out of your your synopsis than than me actually. I there's a girl named Ryu. Yeah, there, that there there is a girl named Ryu. Or is it Ryo? Ryo Ryo Machiko. Her name's yeah. Machiko. Yes, and kid it in. <laughs> this girl named Machiko. <laughs> her grandmother passes away, and she lives alone, all alone, as as uh, aspiring middle school girls live alone. All of them. Every all one of them. All those middle school girls. <laughs> Actually, technically, she has a, a, a senpai that watched her aunt. Was it her aunt? Yeah, I think so. Technically, lives their aunt, but her aunt's never there, as they never are. At some point, her cousin? Yeah, Kirin. Kirin. Kirin, her cousin, decides that she wants to go to the same school in Tokyo as uh, Machiko is going to. So she decides to... Uh, against the wills of her her family decides to go over there on the weekends just to do some weekend schools at the Tokyo University kind of get an idea of what it'll be like during that time you have the fact that Machiko is getting over the loss of her grandmother and she also really likes to cook so that kind of gets into the idea of why isn't my cooking so good but then she realizes once Kirin comes there and kind of starts eating her food that technically her food's good because the best ingredient is when you cook it for other people. Love. Yes. And that's pretty much as far as I've gotten, so that's all I can really explain. <sighs> well, this is definitely a shaft show. Um, Did so, we get head tilts? Yes, we got head tilts. head tilts. We got head tilts. So we've got weird angles. We got um, interesting um, kind of a Stacks abstract abstract uh feel to different things that were going on i this is one thing i do want to say about this show i love the artwork i love 
the genuine feel that these characters have. Very lovable characters. Yes, very lovable characters. I the the this show is really very very much issue, um, and uh, meal per week is the best way I can I can say it because there was no overarching uh, outside of they're going to a artwork school. That was about it. That's a, as close to an overarching theme as you can get. From the creators that brought you Monster Per Week brings you food and <laughs> issue per week. And that that really was it. I mean, it was very almost slice of life. I don't want to say slice of life because it really wasn't a slice of life, but it kind of had the slice of life feel. It has the elements in there, but it doesn't have like what a slice of life would be where you're following these people through yeah. like an entire year of school and following their continually progressing yeah. relationships. Yeah. And and I, I I enjoyed the show for what it gave me. It was just a very much a sweet in embracing your your friends and enjoying food together and enjoying or and and just I don't want to say dealing with life, but having life. You know what I'm saying? Like one episode, they they just they decided that they were going to go to the park and and enjoy the uh, the 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 sakura. Uh, ooh, ooh, is that the episode that I got the brand new, never before seen butt cam? I think so. Where she sits down on the camera. Yeah, I've I never so. seen that before. That was amazing. <laughs> camera angle design. <laughs> It's a little thing. That is so shaft. I mean, come on. (laughs) We've done hell tilts. What can we do? A butt cam. We'll have her sit down right on the camera. Never seen it before. I'm not going to say it because, I mean, there's no way to, I mean, there's no way to deny. I mean, this this show has this... um, stigma of everybody looks at it like this is food porn and i mean i'm not and going then we to got, sit here and then we got food wars and then we went no that wasn't that bad <laughs> well i mean because technically food wars is more in the vein of uh yakitake japan so i'm not going to say it's the same thing but this is more just very very overly detailed mouth biting down and chomping and well, bubbles. I, there, ever I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Were they were flying into imaginary worlds, or was it just no. always that? No. Okay. the The worst I probably could sit here and say that I seen was they had uh, popsicles. I'm just going to oh, leave it at that. Just, we'll just leave and it they at were that. in a very steamy room, so they were in their bathtub. That's right. I seen that one. The bath. Yeah. The bathtub, yeah. yeah. And and they and the 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 popsicles were melting. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> But, but it yes, was, it was never like Food Wars or Yakutake Japan where they're having flying off into this butt naked into a world where they're overly happy. <laughs> this is always just here's the characters and overly detailed eating. Yes. Right. And and I I can almost give the show a pass for that and just because it is just generally an enjoyable, very dialogue heavy, very monogatari type style. Um, so I'm I'm going to leave it at that and just say, you know, I enjoyed it for what it gave me. I'm not going to say it's the greatest show. It's just 
I it looks great. I thought it looked absolutely wonderful. I do, again, I don't care for the shaft it has a tendency to change camera angles once every five seconds for some strange reason. Um, but for what it did give me, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Did it get more into detail on the foods themselves? Because I mean, the one thing that I was kind of coming into the show expecting was like, here's this and this is how it's created and this is what it tastes like. Whereas it kind of seemed like it was just more, hey, I'm having this problem right now with my parents. Here's some great food. All oh, this tastes is delicious. We're all happy. Let's go to bed. It was never, I, let's see how it's cooked, which is what I was kind of expecting it to be. Uh, yeah, and I see that more in, in Food Wars, because in a way, I, I, if, if I had said that, bef- if, I had, um, if you had asked me that before I seen Food Wars, and I was just going off of what I had seen here, I would say no, or I would say yes to a point, because they do kind of say, these are the ingredients that I'm using, mm. and this is what I'm doing to the food. Now, when it comes down to it, I'm I'm thinking about it. It really doesn't go into really any detail outside of this is what we're doing. Certain techniques they're talking about, but they're not actually talking about how they're preparing it. Does yeah, it make I don't, sense? I don't, I don't want to give Food Wars too much credit because it, it, they do they stream by some things so fast, and you're like, can that really happen? <laughs> is that a possible uh, dish, or he's is it is just kind of fantastical? I, I don't know. I've never actually tried to see if I can throw a big vat of, of uh, you know, flavoring onto some ice and it freeze so I can melt it over rice. I don't know if that's possible, but I don't, so I don't want to give Food Wars too much credit, but in comparison between the two, this is more just kind of fun and, and cutesy, whereas Food Wars is more comical and to an extent more uh, crude. Yeah, I mean this. this but this, this one show, just I didn't really. I didn't. I don't want to get too much into food wars. This one just I it didn't have my interest, and that, I think that's why I end up dropping. It was like I, and I, I got think so many other more shows that I would be more interested in watching. This one just is, isn't really grabbing me. There's nothing here that I am personally getting from this. I almost felt like this show was constantly. <laughs> I did, this is almost a weird way of saying it, but it almost felt like it was constantly asking me for my approval. Because <laughs> it would sit there and it, and, it, and, it, and I kid you not, I, I, this scene is burned into my head. Like she would make this food and then she'd hold it up to the screen. Like, yeah, I made this food. Doesn't it look good? And, and everybody like, else is over at the yes, table girl, looking over. You did great. <laughs> and, they, and these other girls are over at the table looking over. This camera's like oddly placed at the, like the corner of the kitchen. And she finishes it and she holds it up like. This is what I just made. And there's the kids, the other ones are in the, the background way off the table. And they're all over like, please just tell her something so we can get to eat that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what, she, I, I don't know what she wants from me. She's breaking the fourth wall. And I didn't know what was coming. <laughs> I didn't know this was a fourth wall breaking show. It was out of nowhere when that happened. I was like, are they really doing this? <laughs> I don't know why they're doing this. In a, in a way, I kind of like that. It was almost, it was very Moe, but you know. Oh, like the I main said, character is 100% oh, Moe. Gosh. Like, she is from the Moe book. Like, over there, you open it up, and there's her picture. Yeah. <laughs> she could definitely be a poster child. I love Karen. I thought she was just adorable. She was in the back of the book for lollies. <laughs> in, in the back of the book for lollies. 
Lollies that eat pop those little sticks. So yeah, the final my final verdict is I think it is a a decent show and it is enjoyable. Um, it is very dialogue heavy, um, but there's not a lot of substance here. It's just a lot of food. I mean, food and issue per week. Food and issue per weeks. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to another great show with lots of fun and good fills. When that is Idolmaster Cinderella Girls. Uh, this was one of the ones that almost passed me by just because it was in the Daisuke.com yeah. offerings, which means pretty much both I have to suffer advertisings and I can't give them money to get rid of the advertisings. And the fact that I don't know when they update, so it's like, oh, hey, there's more episodes. And then when they were talking about doing the review this week, it's like, oh, crap, I still got like three more episodes to watch. So I, I burned through them and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, Cinderella Girls, uh, Idolmaster, of course, is from the Idolmaster franchise. It's a, another group that's being created by, if you've never looked into the Idolmaster stuff, um, it, this is a completely new group that they are producing from the 346 Productions team who does all the Idolmaster stuff under this fake fictitious world of idol masters but essentially when you when it kicks off the show you kind of right off the bat you meet one of the uh the actual idols that is going to be part of the cinderella group and she is being confronted by the producer and the producer is assigned to create this side group of girls to cast for the cinderella project shortly after that you kind of meet uh the other two fresh girls that are brought into the group and Shortly after that, they're brought into the main team. And so you kind of, within the th- first three episodes, you suddenly meet everybody that is part of this the Cinderella group. And that's kind of where I kind of, right off the bat, was a little bit overwhelmed. Because you're meeting, I think, what is it, uh, two, five, nine, uh, about 14, 15 girls. And they all have their own personalities. They're all f- fitting archetypes, but... The funny thing about it is they are idols. These are the archetypes that they have personally chosen to be idols as. And so it it kind of works. You can't really argue with it. You have the girl that's overly catgirlish because that's her character. And then you have the, the girl that is the goth lolly because that's her character. That's what she chose to, to actually be. And it was funny because I didn't really find any of them annoying. They didn't... Granted, I'm trying to figure out what the girl, the cat girl, because that was one of the girls I kind of wanted to point out. I think it's Miku. Yeah. Uh, Miku, she is like the only character I kind of found that was really overbearing just because she, it wasn't the fact that she was the cat girl. It was more the fact that they kept bringing her in as the complainer. So if there was an issue that was wanting to be brought up, it was usually her. And that was kind of a little upsetting for me because, like, why would you kind of throw one character under the bus? You would have the main three girls. They come in right off the bat. They get a CD debut. So, of course, everybody's like, that's great. But then she shows up and she says, I want my debut. De- debut. And everybody's like, that's true. We we want ours, too. So she was always the one that was being thrown under the bus. And that kind of made her an annoying character. Aside from her, about the only other character that I kind of had a problem with was probably uh, Key Robbery. Because she was kind of the, uh, she was the typical overly accentuating every word kind of character. And she was like one of the older characters, but. Des, des. Yeah, sort of like that. <laughs> and I kind of found her her dialogue very annoying in the midst of everything else. But 
those are like my only very slight issues with the show. Everything else I loved about the show because, and it's, and it's odd because it, I don't connect to idol shows often. I think the last one I did was the local doll one, and I that didn't work out very as well as I wanted to, even though it did have some good feels at the end. But usually, whenever I try like Love Live and name up some other ones that I've that I've skipped out on, um, you skipped out on Wake Up Girls. Wake Up Girls, I skipped out on that one. There's a lot of them that I just I they don't for some reason connect with me. Hint, hint. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> Idol Masters did. It just clicked. A huge part of that has to be with the fact that they put a lot of money into this. Uh, of course, the Idol Master franchise is huge. It has a lot of money behind it. And that showed when they made this show because everything is gorgeous. The character designs are adorable. They're lovable. They're always moving. Everything is constantly moving. And it's not done in CG. It's all, you know, 2D character dancing, choreography, and everything. Granted, a lot of the musical routines that kind of happen towards the end of the episode after things are kind of resolved sometimes end up being just stills but for the most part whenever there's dancing they're actually moving and it's like this looks great i love this why can't we have more idol shows that actually have you know drawn dancing routines rather than just okay now we're cg and they all look round and their character designs look completely different and they're dancing around it just looks good and of course it's also by being by idol masters a lot of really good songs that they have in there each of the characters when they are paired off have their own routines together, which are great to listen to. Um, I think one of my favorite characters in the shows was definitely uh, the goth lolly girl, Wonko. I just absolutely loved her whole story. Each of the characters kind of get their own story. And even when it got to Miku having her story, the, the Neko girl that I said I have a problem with, even when it got to her kind of telling her issue and her story, that was part of the show where I actually got teared up because it kind of really... they. They quickly establish a lot of tension in the show. There's there's issues that come up that feel really real in the situation of idol masters or idols themselves. Uh, of course, like I mentioned before, you have the aspect of idols coming into the industry. Um, you have the issue with okay, now you have your first stage show, and here's this old idol master that we're bringing back, and she's going to be on the front of the stage, and so there's of course a huge crowd for this long running idol. Well, it goes into the aspect of those girls that went to the this show with her, realizing the next show they have, there's not many people there. And they have that sudden shock of, well, uh, it felt great when there was tons and tons of people there, but now when I'm on my own, there's not many people that care about me. You have that whole cool-down effect happening and the issues that come with that. I enjoyed the idea of people having issue with, well, these characters are getting their debut and we're not getting ours. I loved Ronko's story because it got into the element of she, her character that she was always in and she didn't want to break her character was the goth lolly. And of course, like most goth lolly, they have that overly eccentric language like, yes, the, the goddess of flame will come down and ride upon the <laughs> chariot and we will all I've, be grand. I've got to, I, I've got to tell you something for you guys. She, he's actually doing the finger yeah, thing over his yeah. eyes yeah. right now for you guys <laughs> that you cannot <laughs> see. <laughs> but they, she does this whole extravagant thing. So when the producer finally comes to her and says, okay, we have your debut and this is what it's going to be. And he, he lays out her whole program. It's of course very dark and 
bloody doll faces and all this <laughs> stuff that she's like terrified of. She's completely terrified of it. And she's like, no, this is in her mind. You were thinking she's thinking, no, this is not what I want. But she can't express that to the producer because all she says is like this uh, the divine essence of black flame and all this stuff and he's looking in this booklet of how to translate what she's saying and it was just it was it was odd that this show and that episode managed to make me laugh have like amazing emotional feels from it and just sorrow and just smiles all at the same time because it just was it was so well done just seeing how the producer was struggling with the fact that she never breaks character how can she understand what she's saying kind of thing and it's kind of uh fabricated language boundaries kind of thing but it was it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it and there's just there's of course this is pretty much goes through each one of the characters groups they all have their own groupings it shows them how they come together how they do their debut and then it kind of concludes with kind of a group uh concert they do and it's not done yet so if if you're looking for a good idol show that doesn't it's it doesn't get too heavy deep into slice of life elements it's really just kind of each of the characters and how they deal with the idol scene so don't don't look for something that's hugely deep or something that's going to be some heavy character uh conflicts between each other it's just a really feel good show it does a really good job of kind of interpreting uh this i guess you would say a fantastical idol world and I enjoyed every minute of it. It was the show that I I kind of, it's more a personal thing, but in the last like four weeks have been insanely uh, trying for me with my work and stuff. And this was the show that I came home to. I turned it on and it gave me so much fun and great feelings that I was like, this this show just helped me so much. So it might end up being one of those shows that I just enjoy it just because it was there for me in a very hard time. But it doesn't, that's not to say that I'm overplaying it. It's just a really good idol show, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So you think I should watch it? Yeah. I think so. You enjoy, how about, the, you how enjoy about, the idol shows. How about I make a trade with you? No, I'm not doing the trade thing, because you're going to make me watch a show that I don't want to watch. Because it probably has Wake CG up, girls. dancing. CG dancing? Yes, there is CG no, dancing. No, I, if, if there's an idol show that I'm going to watch next, it'll probably be Love Live. I've been hearing no. way too much about Love Live. Watch Wake Up Girls. Give no, it a try. I don't hear enough about Wake Up Girls except from you. And it's got CG dancing. Of course, <sighs> Love Live might have CG dancing too. I don't know. We'll see. Let's move on to another show. I guess we, we should... Oh, man, there's like no other shows that you're watching. Sakano. We'll go right <laughs> into another show where Andrew's going to have to talk a lot. Uh, Sakana or Sinai Heroine no Sadatekata. Sadatekata. Let me do the synopsis here. Uh, The life of Tomoyo Aki, a high school otaku working part-time to support his Blu-ray disc hoarding. With remarkable luck, he bumps headfirst into Megumi Kato, the most beautiful girl he has ever seen. Naturally. The meeting twists his life into a complicated torrent of relationships. Eddie Spencer Sawamura, his half-foreign childhood friend, who's always valued her friendship with the main character, Kasumi Gayoko Utaha, a cold, composed, renowned literary genius who shoves everyone aside from our protagonist. What is this? An aroge aroge introduction? Question mark? 
that's a stupid promo or PV or synopsis thing. Yeah, synopsis. Uh, but yeah, essentially what happens is Tomoya, uh, he pretty much... Why does it say Tomoyo up there and Tomoya down there? I hope it's Tomoya. It's gotta be Tomoya. Tomoya is a boy name. Tomoya Aki. Uh, he's pretty much just a straight out of Taku. He makes no no uh, excuses for himself. If somebody comes up and says, hey, you want to go down to the, the uh, karaoke with some girls and let's, let's sing some music? You might meet some girl. He goes, no, I have no interest in, in 3D girls. I'm all about 2D girls. He literally says that. Um, so he makes no beefs about the fact that he is just obsessed with anime. He's obsessed with light novels, manga, visual novels, all this stuff that has to do with anime. I, 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 stupid question, but why does he have two voice actors? A uh, young version, maybe? Mm, I don't remember any changes of that, no. That is a good question, though. Maybe maybe along with the fact that they have the names completely wrong on this page, they also had the voice actors wrong. Uh-huh. Or maybe he went and became a girl at some point and I missed it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he they might have had... Yeah, they had childhood scenes. They might have been him as a child. That's I don't possible. know why they would... I guess that would, that would be probably it. But anyways... At some point, he is walking, I don't know if he's walking to school or something, but he ends up, this big gust of wind, he looks over, sees his hat flying by himself, and he sees this girl up at the top of the hill, Megumi, and she is just absolutely gorgeous. He kind of gets this image of her as the main character in a visual novel. So he immediately, he doesn't meet her, he immediately goes off and he gets stuck on this idea that he's going to be create this amazing uh, dating sim game that everybody's going to want to play, even though he's in high school and he has to create a circle. So he decides to enlist his childhood friend, who is actually this renowned Dojinjin. I can't say this stupid word right now. Dojinshi? Creates very graphically sexual mangas that she sells at conventions. Man, I'm totally lost for word right now. He also enlists this one girl that has a complete fascination with him, which is Utaha. She's like a renowned novelist. She writes all these great stories. So she wants her to write the stories. She wants Eddie, his childhood friend, to uh, do the art for it. Uh, and then later on, he'll enlist his cousin to do the music for it. So he's basically creating this circle that will create this game. And they're going to program it, make it, and everything. Well, at some point, he ends up bumping into this girl who he ends up realizing is this girl that he met at the top of the hill who was absolutely gorgeous, and he wanted to make his main character. But she's, like, insanely normal. She's got nothing special about her to him. She looks plain, all this kind of stuff. And that kind of moves into kind of the gist of the rest of the show, is really them trying to build this this game. The interesting aspect of this show is really the element of, of course, the love tension that's constantly going, but it's the show kind of makes fun of the typical harem elements because it does. it is a harem show. It does have the harem elements in there. There's constantly struggles between the girls of who's... Well, technically, it's struggles between Edity and Utaha, who's going to seduce Tomoya. But you also have what's the unique aspect of the show and what made me really enjoy it was the fact that you had Megami there and she was the playing girl that doesn't care about otaku stuff. She doesn't care about this relationship that's going on. So she's the one that's there to point out whenever 
one of these characters does something that's harmish. So when Edity has a mental breakdown about the fact that she's not the perfect uh, childhood friend, Megami's there to kind of point that out as being kind of silly and doesn't make any sense. And they also play off the fact that she's so normal quite often. You'll have the moments where you'll have an entire scene where they're at the diner and they'll constantly play off the fact that she has no presence because she's so plain that the camera's never on her. It's always, she's off camera purposely because she doesn't have a presence or whatever. And that, that's kind of the thing that I felt found charming about the show. Even though it was a harem show, even though it didn't have harem elements, it was technically making fun of those harem elements and it was always kept fresh by the fact that you had Megami there just being a charming, normal character. And what's funny about the show is that you end up like I ended up liking Megami the most, even though she was the most normal character, because I guess you, you, you kind of want to fight with the idea of of Tomoya wanting to change her into a trope character that all of, everybody's going to love, and you're constantly screaming at the... Or I'm constantly screaming at the screen going... She's perfect the way she is. Don't change her. She's perfect, and yet they're constantly trying to make well, her. You know, and it's you so... need to be more upset when you. Or, you have Edity. She'd be drawing concept art for her for the game, and she's like, "I need you to have a, a really upset face." And she would. She like, "I don't know how to do that." And then they would have somebody make a comment about Tomoya being with somebody, and she'd give a pouty face, and she'd go, "Perfect, right there, right there." She'd draw it. It was really, really cute. Uh. The funny thing is, is when you mentioned that, that that was the thing that intrigued me the most about this show. Um, and, 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 and really kind of sucks because I kind of wanted to watch this show. But um, I, I had a really hard time getting through the first couple of episodes. I, I, I'll be honest about that. But, the, but Megumi, or you said her name was Megumi. Megumi. Her, yeah, her. The plain girl. The things that you told me about her intrigued me the absolute most about this show. Um, just the idea of a character that is outside of the realm of these standard archetypes. Yeah, and I know I point out a lot whenever we talk about club shows how I hate that. They, usually the club shows will have that one normal character who will constantly point out the oddities that are happening in front of them. The straight man. I didn't find that as beat your beat me in the face as with normally this this felt natural which was kind of weird i guess it was the fact that she wasn't popping in front of the camera going that's just absurd it was really her just kind of stand off the side going i don't understand why what does that even mean kind of thing it was it was it was it felt natural it wasn't jumping in front of the camera saying this is absurd it was standing off the side and saying it was absurd and it, it felt more natural um the only thing i really want to point out that i liked about the show and it is kind of an odd thing is the art direction they chose for the show. It did feel a lot like Monogatari, where it was very... Or Bakke Monogatari, whatever you want to call it. It was very dialogue-heavy at times. They did a lot of playoff words, uh, constantly jabbing at each other with long-running sentences. But what was interesting is they didn't... It wasn't boring when you were reading that text. It was constantly... The camera was constantly changing, but it wasn't like we keep mentioning Monogatari, where you're looking at a cup or you're looking at a table. They would do that, but it was most of the time it was the characters' bodies. It would show their their legs as it's kind of changing posture. And it, it's almost kind of... I guess it almost sounds like a, a, a male pig kind of thing, but it was it was sexy, but at the same time it was... It added life to the characters. It wasn't just constantly them being seen from, you know, the chest up. 
you were constantly seeing them as they were changing poses or stretching over a counter. It it made it gave more context to the room. I guess is the best way to put it. I I I noticed that a lot in the first couple of episodes. That that I can agree. And they with. kept with that pretty much the entire series. And I thought it was actually a very creative way of dealing with dialogue heavy. I actually thought it was kind of almost obtrusive at, at the at at first. So I'm assuming that's an artwork style that you're you eventually get used to and you yeah start appreciating it in a different it, it way. It seems like it definitely is somebody's. I guess somebody's, uh, what do you want to call it? Their, uh, like a fetish kind of thing. It, it, yeah, it almost because like felt when you like see it. the intro, you see them. They're they're showing the characters breathe in and breathe out heavy. Like their body moves, like they're breathing in and out heavy. It's little things like that. But of course, they didn't do that. They don't do the breathing thing outside of the OP. I thought that was a fetish, but I guess not. But it, it, it seemed it, like it felt it, was a to, really it, it felt to me it. like it was a it was a it was an attempt at fan service, like like yeah. you were say, like you were mentioning. It was almost like Monogatari type, where you almost see the 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 characters in a in a very very seductive fashion, and it was like, okay, that that's a little bit too much for me. It, I, I well, mean, it's here is you, you never have panty shots, you never had well, bra yeah, shots, you never had, even even in Monogatari. I mean, it, it is there, but it's not as bad is well, Mugatari was like yeah here watch me put on panties kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but no I don't really remember much really fan service which is kind of surprising I mean they had one scene where one of the girls was in a, a, a bath towel but that was about it I mean of course you had some uh, onsen scenes the first episode was really most all if any fan service the first episode or technically zero episode was just nothing but fan service the, the, the zero episode was almost like them going Let's get all this out of the way. Let's get to know our characters in ways that we shouldn't. And then let's move on into just what we're going to do. And so don't take the Zero episode as any indication of what the rest of the show is. That was just full-on fan service and doesn't really betray the rest of the show. Um, the only other really... The only issues I have with the show... The color palette random swapping was... I don't know what they were doing there. I guess it was an artistic decision but every now and then randomly out of nowhere they'll change the ca- the direction of the camera or whatever you want to call it and suddenly the characters are pink outline yellow insides and it just looked like somebody just vomited the color palette and went crap i i hit a button how do i change it back well just keep doing the frames okay uh i think that was a button there yes everything's fixed now we're back to normal colors I know some people enjoyed. I did. I thought it was distracting, especially with a lot of dialogue going on. I was constantly wondering if I'm missing something. Uh, my only other, and technically, is a very big issue I had with the show was partly that it didn't really conclude. It was like you would call it a chapter close. They technically got to a point where they kind of went, "We successfully did this. Now, technically, we have a whole other thing we have to do." It didn't upset me to the point where I was angry, but at the same time, there was one element that I wish that they had delved into more was Megumi. They hinted at some point midway through the show about some aspects of her that I was really kind of interested in. She questioned Tomoya, hey, why did you choose me? Why, why, what did you find in me? And it almost had like an element of she kind of felt like she was a discarded person and he seen something in her and she wanted to kind of find out what was it that he sees in her to kind of, I guess, uh, validate herself. 
and then it never is touched again. And I felt very cheated by that. They did have a lot of very cute moments with Megumi and 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 Tomiya being together, but I was kind of expecting more. I wanted more out of this character, and that's that and that's, and that's and sad because you would you would think that that would be a very very personal and a very strong. Um, character study in that yeah. that regard yeah. i mean talk about something very dynamic in a in in that situation is i mean exploring why why if why are you trying to change this person that you've seen something in what what is what is it are you that superficial that you only seen hey this pretty girl up at the top of the i want to make her a part of my thing so now i have to change her into something that makes sense to that game well that's well, another element to it that wasn't really what i was going into but yeah that is definitely another element to it that was like i said i was screaming at my screen going she's perfect the way she is stop changing yeah. her kind of thing and it kind of surprised him when she finally kind of said okay i'll I'll be that main heroine you want to be. And she kind of starts dressing up all pretty and, and acting a different way. And it kind of shocks him. So there's a lot of things that they could have done with her, but instead they kind of jumped back and they, they went into Edity and her past. They went into uh, Utaha and her past. They introduced the cousin and then it just stops. And so I don't know if they're going to do another season. I would love to see another season just because like I said, I want more into what his decision or more into the mindset of Megami and, and why she decides to stick with this guy. And like I said, where she made that call and said, what do you see in me? What is so was special there, about me? Was there dynamics through the rest of the group? Or was it just pretty much trope char- or archetype characters all the way through? And it was kind of no, like no real changes. Just what I really enjoyed about it is they 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 acknowledge the fact they have trope characters like Edity, childhood friend. Yeah, they, they acknowledge that that's there, and they make fun of it often, but they, of course, at some point explain was that why the, she's Was a that the, um, the uh, Sundete one? Yeah. She's a pigtail. Sundete slaps him with his, her pigtails. Um, I think the only character that really had some kind of sol- solid character development was Utaha. They really got into her and why she likes Tomoya. She is really the only character, of course, the, probably the character that I think that you would love the most, she is the one character that I think was the most validated in the story. She felt the most real and why she liked Tomoya. Um, Edity was just kind of, yeah, okay, I can see that childhood friend. Did you, you got it right? Cool. But they just, I guess, they just work. It didn't feel they didn't feel forced archetypes. They just feel like, yeah, they they are what they are. Move on, kind of thing, and. It was done well enough that I enjoyed it, and I usually don't particularly like these kind of stories. And I think mainly most of that was because of Megumi. I wish they would have done more with her. They didn't. I hope they do another season. If they don't, it's just what it is. It's it was a it was a lot of fun. I got a lot of laughs out of it. I think it looked visually great. Um, I enjoyed all the characters. It's a good it's a good show. I really enjoyed. Was it. Was that the was that the artist the one that was on the 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 one that was at the edge of the water and. Did the wrestling in the water? She was the she was the musician, the cousin. Yeah, yeah, that was the cousin. Yeah, the, she came so in like right at the last minute. That's, and they... that's the Utaha one. No, Utaha is the the long haired girl. She's the novelist. Mm. She was. They kind of went into her story with the idea that he was a big. He's of course huge, you know, psycho otaku nerd, and so he liked her writing essentially what it was mm. and. She tried to seek his approval at some point. He didn't want it. She, he wanted her to make her own story, and that kind of sparked a lot of things in it. So it was cute. I, I really enjoyed it. 
shockingly enough, I really, really enjoyed it. And like I said, it's not usually a story that I usually enjoy or a type of show that I usually enjoy. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though, like I said, it kind of ended abruptly and they didn't get into a lot of things I wanted them to get into. So a mixed review. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, even without the, the conclusions, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I, I give it a thumbs up. Okie dokie. Sounds fair. All right. Our next one is Rolling Girls, and that is also, I don't, don't have a, span, a Japanese way of saying it, just, yeah, Spanish way. Rolling Girls. <laughs> La Rolling Girls. <laughs> oh, that was so racist. Um, yeah, 10 years after the Great uh, Tokyo War, each prefecture in Japan was has split up into independent nations. I'm going to say this somewhat split up so that it makes sense to everybody. So at some point, 10 years after the Great Tokyo War happens... Prefectures, which are areas of Japan, are all split up into independent nations. So we have tons of nations within Japan. Each nation is ruled by a prophet called Mosa and an army called Mob as they start to compete to take over other countries. So they're all split up. They all have their own mobs. Okay. Four mob girls from Saitama clan, Nozomi, Yukina, Ai, and Chaya, Chaya, Chiaya, are ordered by the Mosa to travel around Japan riding the motorcycles to mediate multiple battles between nations. Disregard the last part, because that was not in the story as all. So let's let's go back a little bit. So you have the Ten Year War. You have each prefecture splitting up. Each one are ruled by Mosas and mobs. They do compete to each other. Now, the main character, Nozomi, she is following a girl named Oh wow, I forgot her name. She it's uh Green something, macho, macho, macho green or machi, machi green or something like that. Oh my gosh, crocodile is in the in the. <laughs> yeah, supporting person is crocodile. Oh my gosh, to get into that. Anyways, Nozomi is a big fan of this matcha green, and matcha green is protecting people from these prefecture groups that are moving into each other and, and fighting. Um, each essentially, there are certain people in the world that are called bests. Everybody else is called rest. The best have these gems that make them have supernatural powers, and they can basically, if anybody is not a best and they're in an area and there's a fight going on, they're getting knocked, you know, clear across the town. So really, if you're not a best, you're you have no sense in being in the area. You might as well be useless. So, anyways, Matcha Green is one of these bests, and she's of course fighting against these people that are incorrectly trying to take over other areas. Well, at some point, Matcha Green gets injured. Well, Nozomi, who's been a great supporter of Matcha Green, decides, I'm going to take all her requests on. So, all the requests that go to the branch for Matcha Green, she ends up taking them upon herself and trying to fulfill them, even though she is just a normal person. She's just, she wants to be as, she wants to be useful. Well, at some point, she gets this one request that is given by this girl named Chaya. Chaya requests that they go out and find these gems. Well, okay, so she goes to find Chaya. And at some point, she meets Yukina, who has just become a part of that branch. And Yukina decides to join her. And then, for some reason, there's this random girl named uh, Hibiki Aya. She is just some random girl that decides to jump onto one of their motorcycles because she wanted to lift to another town. But then, for some reason, she stays with them. So, there's actually reasons for everybody coming into one group of girls rolling around being rolling girls. But anyways, it goes into basically them going to each of these locations, 
trying to find these gems, but also at the same time, time trying to fulfill the request that Matcha Green has. And that's basically the gist of the show. At some point, you start to learn more about the gems, where the purpose, where the gems come from. Uh, aliens start happening, and it kind of ends. <laughs> there was the big fun. Oh my gosh! It was like eight episodes of let's go here, solve these people's problems, have feel goods, move on. Aliens, and then out of nowhere, spaceship <laughs> aliens and mechas. Um, spaceship oh my taking gosh. off. This sounds so and much there's like something uh, else that I want to mention, but I don't want to say it because it would be a spoiler. But there was another element about the show that made me really face bomb so loud that I think that our neighbors heard. <laughs> You're gonna have to tell me later because I'm I'm totally done with this I show. Think I asked I, you at some point, are I, you gonna watch this? Because I have a really bad spoiler I want to tell you that's gonna make you really face palm. I, it, it's said, I might. totally, it's totally reminding me of Samurai Flamenco. I mean, it just the the I guess you, yeah. you got one you one vibe it. going, and then all of a sudden, boom, explosion, aliens. Wait, whoa! The problem <laughs> the problem that I came into when I first started watching the show was the first episode was like. Color vomits. The they had the best basically going at each other, and when the best go at each other, they have explosions of colors, and it didn't really connect with me. I felt I felt a lot of kill a kill, fully coolie vibes, and I was like, this isn't what I thought this was gonna be. I thought this was gonna be girls rolling around, moe motorcycles kind of thing. Well, after about a t- couple episodes, you start really getting to the aspect of these girls going to each pl- locations. The big ups I give this show is that it does have a lot of really cute moments. There was a lot of really uh, feel-good, inspirational moments where they overcome something that I thought was really uh, precious. I, I, I enjoyed it. It also has a very unique visual style to it that I give a lot of credit. It's a very colorful, very visually yeah, that's, beautiful that's, show. That's what was ke- keeping me on the con- uh, the idea of I, I was interested in continuing the show was that you were saying that it does it did maintain that artwork style. Um I crocodile be darned, I'm gonna keep watching this <laughs> show, but now that you're saying there's aliens and stuff, I mean I I don't know. It, it's it really was a good show visually, emotionally. I enjoyed the characters. I thought the characters are cute. Chaya is, is adorable. I like Nozomi mainly because it's uh the same voice actress that did uh Chi uh Chio or or Sakura Chio. So I was like Yes, I know that voice. I love her. Uh, so I like the characters. I like what they were going through. I, it was an interesting world, very creative, visually beautiful. And then at some point about the episode 9, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12 point, they did the alien thing. The production values tanked. They had a lot of points Aww. where there was no in-between. You would have somebody just standing there staring, and you're hearing things happening, but nothing moves. It just, it got, it got very annoying in how things were kind of unraveling towards those last couple episodes. It just, it didn't visually look worse. It just, nothing was moving. <laughs> and so it got very depressing in that state. And Wit Studio was, is a decent studio, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, I think they did Kill a Kill, weren't they? I mean, it, well, of course, Kill a Kill had a lot of things that were moving in there. So. <laughs> um, Oh, they're doing uh, Seraph of the End right now. They did Attack, uh, on, Attack Titan. on Titan. That was their big thing. That's right. Not 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 kill a kill. I was wrong there. So I mean, they're they're good pedigree, and they they 
they've done things very well, of course, with Attack on Titan. There was a lot of standing around, too, so <laughs> most of the time it was very graphically beautiful. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to degrade it too much for those last couple episodes, but technically those last two episodes were the what gave me a bad flavor in my mouth. I, I struggled the first, first couple episodes. I started really enjoying it. I liked the, the, the feel and the, and the cutesiness of it. And then at the very end, it just, it tanked. It just, the story was just it basically undoing everything you thought was going on before, made everything pointless. And then, of course, the fact that the production values are so bad towards the end there. It still concluded and it still managed to do what it was doing. And it still had a very cute ending. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to give it too much bad rap just because of the quote unquote alien aspect. It was still a cute ending. It's just, the fact that those last two episodes had so many problems with production left a bad taste. Okay, in my mouth. okay, aliens. As far as jarring, huge, just take you out of the experience plot twist, or it was just it made me aliens. Laugh. It made okay, me, it it made me laugh. A random it thing, and it was funny. Yeah, it, I couldn't take it serious in line. I laughed it. Technically, with this bonkers world, technically, Aliens is the last thing I should be critiquing about it. You have people that are best because they hold a stone and they can flick well, okay. people across the town and okay, not die. Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. Okay, Samurai, because I'm, I'm putting it in the same same category as Samurai Flamenco, where uh, when they did the plot twist, quote-unquote, um, that was jarring because they had sold me on... I, and I guess you're 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 right. I mean, Samurai Flamenco sold me on the idea of very grounded in reality, and then suddenly they just threw everything up in the air and gave me mutants, and then later on they gave me mechas. And it's then just later it was out of nowhere. This is yeah. all it really is. It's just you had they had a formula that they were going with. They had a set of rules they were going with, and then that at the end it was kind of just throwing the rules out the window and saying. Nah, let's forget about this whole concept. See, that sounds yeah, jarring. Yeah, this me. doesn't make any sense. Um, and yeah, how the names they were throwing back and forth was just, it was, I couldn't follow it. And I was just, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's go. Now you're not going to animate. What the hell? It, it was like a compounding thing. <laughs> it was like, first you do this to me and now you're not going to animate what you're doing. So I don't even know what's going on anymore. All I can see is somebody staring at somebody and I hear a gun going off and the gun's pointing up. Maybe <laughs> joke. And, and that sounds jarring to me and that's and that's why i'm at i that's what i'm really more concerned about not necessarily the idea that okay you're going from um one level of unrealistic to a whole nother level of real unrealistic it's just the idea of it when, when they're just throwing things out the window okay yeah you you set up a world you give me rules and then all of a sudden you're throwing those rules away yeah, I don't. I don't want. I don't. I just. I just. I just don't want to make it out to be worse than it really is. It wasn't a huge big deal. It was just like I said. It was just something that I. I ran into and said, <laughs> "Okay, aliens. Okay, let's go on," kind of thing. And then, like I said, it just compounded with the crocodile guy was an alien. Yes, Chris, the <laughs> crocodile was the, the ringleader the whole time. Makes sense. I'm done. Parachute <laughs> crocodile head action right there. Um, but I like I said I I. I enjoyed it for those eight episodes. I don't, I don't want to knock it too much. It was very cute. It was very colorful. Loved the visual styles. It just, it it left a bad taste at the end. But the ending was still cute. I enjoyed okay. how they wrapped it up. Okay, knowing my tastes, which I guess that's really kind of an ambiguous thing, do you think I would enjoy it? 
I don't think so, no. Okay. I mean, there wasn't enough there to, to really constitute much. And it was a lot of, a lot of the world was very hard to follow, very difficult to follow. And there was a lot of things that I think I just missed because he was constantly talking about this, this family's lineages and this family's lineages. And then you have this group and this group's coming against this group. And then there's a side group. It's very hard to follow these names. So I guess it's just one of those things that's just hard to follow because you're, you're watching the subtitles, you're, you're trying to gather the names and it's just, it's very, it's almost very political, but not very political. Like it, it has that political feel of like the Jiyong kingdom is taking over the Shaitai kingdom, but then the Fulivan kingdom comes in from the side and does the crocodile alliances with the crocodile kingdom and the crocodile he, kingdom. He has a kingdom. No, <laughs> he's the ringleader. I got gotcha, you. That's he, right. He owns them all. He owns them all. See, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, it was it was an enjoyable show. It, it just not something I would tell anybody to go out of their way to watch. So it, it basically about the only thing the show's got going for it is it's cutesy Cute parts, characters, some and feel good, very moments, good art, and very good art. That's pretty much it. Gotcha. All right, the moment you have all been waiting for. Yes. After four review sessions, at the very end of the fourth one, we finally come up to probably the most controversial and most talked about show not technically because i think most people were talking about Shirbako, death uh, parade and and parasite but this there was a group one, of people that was <laughs> this is the about. this is the one that is has been the most um divisive <sighs> divisive that is for a fact there you go. now that is your let me let me get into this first <laughs> this is yurikuma arashi or love bullet uh Yuri Bearstorm, Love Bullet, Yuri Kumarashi. But I think they end up calling it Yuri Kumarashi when they license over in America. So we're going with that. Um, but yeah, th- let me, I guess let's go ahead and do the goofy synopsis because it makes no sense as the rest of the show doesn't. Some time ago, the asteroid Kumaria exploded in the depths of space. The result fragments become a meteor shower that rained upon the Earth. And for some reason, bears all over the world rose up and attacked humanity. In Man vs. Bear, the bears ate the humans and the humans shot the bears, resulting in a seemingly unending battle and cycle of hatred. In the end, a giant wall of severance was erected between the humans and the bears, and a state of mutual non-aggression came to pass. In the human world, one morning, Arashi Gaioka Academy student Kureha Tsubaki and Sumika Izumino uh, were by themselves and saw the Yuri flower. That bloomed in a flower bed. The two are friends as well as lovers. The flower bed is an important place for the two. At that moment, the bear alarms ring out. The bears are invading the human world and the humans are being attacked. Are they really those bears? One mysterious invokes yet another mystery. One after another, the curtain rises magnificently on Yurikuma Arashi. And you get that synopsis at the beginning of every episode. Yes, you do. I like to point that out. I know I pointed. Well, out the also. first part of that. Yeah. We hated you, but we also loved you. Yeah. So we went over the wall to get to you. Now here's yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I want to get a few things out of the way. First off, okay, it is a very beautiful show. Will you agree with me on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Besides the fact that I keep replaying clips over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I guess the only reason why it was so visually beautiful is because they spent most of their money on making it beautiful. And then repeating it. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, I disagree, but um, I will go with that. Now, 
there is a big storm about the fact that this is uh, get it, very, very uh, symbolic. Now, I seen some sim- symbol symbolicism in there. I don't think it was as much as people are making it out to be. But one thing that I will say, uh, I think that I enjoyed this show because uh, the first two episodes, I, w- I was constantly trying to pick out symbols. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with the whole symbolicism thing. And I think that that made my enjoyment level of this show go up tremendously. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the symbolism? Um, if that's really going to get the most of my discussion about the show, because that's really all the show really had to offer was just symbolism. Uh, I think the biggest problem that I had was, yeah, of course, I was trying to decipher what was going on the entire show. But I think the most frustrating thing that I had with the show was at the very end, I realized everything that I had pretty much not uh, got out of it, symbolism-wise, was pretty much what I had at the end. Nothing really... Nothing really, oh my gosh, so that's what that, so that's what those are. This is what this wall means. All that was really kind of what I was getting the gist of at the very beginning. Nothing really evolved towards the end. There wasn't really something there that I thought that he was trying to, uh, the director was really trying to portray at the very end that wasn't already existing at the very beginning. It was just kind of re-harping on those, those elements over and over again. You have isolation, you have, uh, the idea of somebody being uh, ostracized for what they what they they choose to believe in. There's the elements of divisions. There's the element of exiling. There's the elements of fitting in. There's accepting yourself. They, these are all elements that I, I seen at the very beginning and I seen at the very end. There wasn't really a change there. And I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm mean because technically that's really all the show really offered and that's fine i think it's one of those i i described it to somebody as i think it was ellie i, I described it as being it's like when you go into an, an art gallery and you go over and you see this picture and you go that's an amazing piece of art what does it mean and the the artist is standing there going hmm what does it mean to you that's all i'm seeing here really is there wasn't a mind-blowing thing there it was just a interpret this how you ever you wish and if it if you interpret it to fit your own life which is what i'm pretty much seeing in most people most people that when i struggle with this the very end i immediately went online i try to find out what is so great about this i don't understand it It doesn't it doesn't connect to me personally and that's that's fine because i think this was designed that way if it it doesn't fit you personally it's, it's okay it fits somebody else it's for somebody else so i wanted to find out who is that somebody else this connects to and that's pretty much all I've seen is people going, I seen this as this, and thus it fits my life, and it makes me f- it 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 solidifies my belief, and it makes me feel empowered. That's that's great. That's that's great for you. I I see that, but that's all I seen in it was people get the symbolisms to fit their circumstances, and it makes them feel empowered. That's all I seen in this, and that's not saying it's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. If this makes you feel empowered because you see it, it feels it fits you because say you're that person that's not fitting in in school. You you have you have a certain way of life that nobody else agrees with and you feel like you're that person that's getting the invisible storm and you're being called out as being uh exiled. 
it probably fits you, and that's great. I I hope that you found some strength in that. But it just didn't it for me personally. It didn't give me what I was expecting. Was what I was expecting was this guy makes this amazing symbolism stuff, and just wait for it. There's going to be this moment at the end that's going to impact you like insanely. I didn't get that. I got what I got in the very beginning is what I got at the very end was these people are struggling with their belief systems, their their ideals. They're being exiled by society, and there's these divisions, and they overcome it at the end because they decide to either accept what they really are, accept what they may have rejected before, and this is who they are. Now, I I I seen a lot of the 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 theme the themes going through the show. I I seen a lot of them as as interesting and. Um, empowering messages in some cases. In other cases, I didn't think that they were very empowering at all. Yeah, uh, really, yeah. That, that's see, that's my problem is even though I see it as a different way than other people, they seen it as empowering, and that's what I mean. That's my I guess that's my main point. It's like when I look at it, I go, technically, what it, it you can also take the symbolism as the very beginning, say for the Yuri element at the very beginning, everybody was freaking Yuri. So it's not like it. I don't think it. If you if you take it in a certain sense, it almost like it. It goes against the the concept of Yuri because everybody is Yuri, and they're struggling with it midway through, and at the very end they accept it. It's like nothing really was empowering there at all. But then somebody else, like I said, I can look on somewhere and see somebody sees that as empowering, and it's like, okay, I didn't see that, but if you want to take it as empowering, then that's fine. Yeah, like I said, some themes were empowering, other themes were not empowering, and I I think that there is a lot of <sighs> the the amb- ambiguity in the symbolism is the frustrating thing about this show. So, in a way that if if I was going to knock anything in this show, I would say that. Um, the other thing that I did want to say. Um, one one thing that you mentioned that I did actually agree with you on was a lot of times when people were talking about this show, it was constantly on and on about Utana and Penguin Drum. And I thought that people were saying, this show is great because Penguin Drum and Utana. That's well, all, that's no, what, this show has to stand on its own. 95% of the stuff that I found when I was looking this up to try to find out what people were justifying about that's all they said. And it was like, that really puts you in a, a box. Yeah, because I almost felt like I had to go and watch Penguin Drum to justify why I enjoyed this show. Because I enjoyed this show. I very much enjoyed the show. I I, I enjoyed it for very, very different reasons from Andrew. Um, well, Andrew didn't really enjoy it, but <laughs> I enjoyed this show. I liked the characters. I liked the interactions. Um, some of the things the characters? I characters. What characters? I mean, I like Lulu and, and I love I Lulu. Was pretty cool. I love Ginko. Kuriha was annoying I, as hell. I, I like. I got Kuriha. sick of them. Keeping flashback of the of the I, other girl. I love the judges. I love every character the judges in were the funny. show. Shabado do. There was enough characters and development and enjoying. I I enjoyed the charisma, the 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 character. I loved the Lulu's little brother. I mean, he was so cool. I mean, that was like the only episode <laughs> I really liked, and it got repetitive too. It got repetitive. It was very repetitive, but I still loved it because he just he couldn't get it, and she didn't get it, and it was like now this is such a great kiss? episode. Now do I, <laughs> I love it. Um. There was a lot of things in the show that I enjoyed, and 
it's so frustrating to to sit here and go, I had to stop worrying about the symbolism to really, truly enjoy this show. I, I think that that is a lot of what people will go into this show. Just go and enjoy this show for what it is. Yeah, I think it, if you pick up symbolism, that that's that's just icing on the cake. But don't go into the show going, I'm going to find every symbol in this this show, and I'm going to write it all down in a 10-volume 10, 10 uh, synopsis where it's, I mean, you're, you're basically writing a volume hey, per Chris, episode. Do you know that technically all of the girls in the entire school all wear blue? Only Ginkgo wears red. So technically all the girls are all boys. <laughs> Ginkgo is the only girl... And the only reason that Lulu is in green is because she's gender neutral. <laughs> so the story is actually about rejecting Yuri and accepting <laughs> girl boy. I actually see you can make it into whatever th- you I, want. I, I, guess I, I, I actually threw that out there at one point to Andrew. I was like, it, "Do you think that it's possible that the that the bearers are actually male, and this is some kind of weird?" <laughs> gender separation thing the show if you if you try too hard to because i think that honestly this this show is just enjoyable because it's a very beautiful um yeah there's those sexy scenes yeah i'm not going to deny that um yeah i mean everything about this show was beautiful to me um I enjoyed it for what it was. Yes, it's extremely cutesy. And I can see a lot of people being very turned off by just how cutesy this show is. And still it maintained that dark element, which is another thing that I enjoyed about it. It has this, I don't want to say a grittiness because it has a grace to it in the beauty that is this show. Yet at the same time, it has this dark undertone that you know it feels dark, even though you're talking about cutesy bear, teddy bear looking things. Um, <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but it works for this show. And I enjoyed that. I think it would have been better if it wasn't so. I think it would have been better if I came into the show not ex- not knowing that it was from the director it was and not being having to see so many people hyping it up for the symbolism aspect because... I agree with you. At some point, I kind of just shut off with the symbolism, and I enjoyed it more from that. But like I said, at the end, I kind of realized that technically, it's it's all based on interpretation. And the struggle that I had towards the end was the fact that I'm going, so where was this big, super awesome, boom, this is what everything means moment? Oh, okay, so technically all it is is just a, hmm, what does this mean to you kind of painting? So if you come in the show just knowing that like he said don't worry about the symbolism interpret however you want don't expect them to explain it to you because they're never going to explain it to you because it's all based on your interpretation it's that kind of piece of art it is here look at this what does this tell you that's what i how i wish that i came into expecting i probably would enjoy it a lot more instead i came into it expecting what people were giving to me based off of the director unfortunately that that made it unenjoyable but even though I gave up the aspect of trying to figure things out constantly and trying to give it more credit than it deserves based on symbolism, I was struggling with the fact that they were repeating the same flashbacks over and over again. Somebody made a joke, I think I've read somewhere, where uh, 
it's his it's his trademark to basically repeat things over and over again because he thinks you're so stupid that he needs to show it to you over and over again. And I'm like, that's how I was feeling. I felt like he was saying, I you probably need to see this girl push her hair behind her ear again because I don't think you caught that. Look, we're gonna show it to you one more time, just so you realize. This is what Kira, Kira liked about I, her or something. I, I liked that. I mean, I thought she was very... That That's one of those things that make Not I 1,500 times, though. I, Come I, but on. But see, I thought it looked good. I mean... <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the visual style is great. I, I would have better liked it to be a full-on etchy show. It'd probably been a lot more enjoyable. I probably got more fun out of it if it was more comedy and just... And not have the element of symbolism in there. Just say... This is it. This is what it is. They're cute bears. They're eating. They're eating the girls. Obviously, they're not eating them. <laughs> wink, wink. Flowers are being licked. It's full on etchy. Just, just go with it, kind of thing. I probably would enjoy it a lot more. But the fact that I was expecting too much of it, I think, ruined the show for me. And it maybe what I probably think I'll do is probably five years down the road, just come back and watch it, and just. Just go into it with that expectation. Maybe I'll enjoy it more. But I, I, this time it's funny I because it. I think that I can actually watch this uh, again anytime. I can almost walk in there and just watch it again just because it looks so good. I enjoy this show because it's beautiful. I, and I, at some point, I, I asked Andrew, I think uh, probably around episode eight or nine, I was like, Andrew, <laughs> Is it possible to just enjoy the show because it looks so good? And I said, yes, because there's nothing else there. <laughs> yeah. I like Lulu, though. Lulu was cute. I loved Lulu. But, it, but then I loved Ginkgo. I loved Ginkgo so much. Oh, I, I gosh, got annoyed awesome. by the, the gutter, gutter, gutter thing at the very beginning, and then I started liking it towards the end because that was the <laughs> only thing I liked about it. It's like, as long as I have my cute little Ginkgo and Lulu, I'm fine. <laughs> And then a trap is sprung. I'm like, don't do that to me. It's all I got. It's all I got. Don't do that to me. You're going to lose a viewer. Kiko yeah, dies. Click. <laughs> well, maybe in five years, I'll watch the Funimation dub of it. Because no. growl, growl. Uh, no. Oh, my gosh. That was horrid. You're in your <laughs> Arashi. 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 <laughs> Delicious smells. Gar, Delicious gar. smell. <laughs> growl, growl. Grr, 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 grr. Gow, gow. I like gow, gow better. Yeah, I don't like growl, growl. <laughs> growl, growl. It's so stupid. Aren't we cute? Growl, growl. <laughs> Delicious smells. Growl, growl. So, did we ever listen to the Shabbatadu? Did you ever do the Shabbatadu? I think we did listen to that. I thought they actually looked, they sound good. The, the, of that dub, I actually was okay with, b- besides the no. cutesy one. Sparkle, no. boy. No, no. but no. Cool, cool and uh, sexy. I thought they were well done. So. Life sexy. Life sexy. Sexy. Shabadadu. They almost have this. this, this sexy. 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 <laughs> it's like Sean Connery or something. Sean Connery. Sexy. Life cool. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I guess I just enjoyed it for the, the judges and the Well, okay, the so, I mean, when it comes down to it, because this is the hard thing about this show, because how do we suggest this? I mean, obviously... I, like I said before, I'm, the, only I'm, way that, the only way that I can suggest a show is if you personally have issues in your life with seclusion, um, overcoming, uh, you know, society's ways of painting you, 
I think it's something you're going to get symbolisms out of that'll probably empower you. You might not. Who knows? But I think, of all, like I said, of all the people that I read, why they enjoyed this show, it was always because it personally fit them as they felt like they're being excluded in life, and this is what this is what helped them through it. So I think that's it. But I, like I said also, if you also come into the show not expecting anything to explain, don't expect big grand explanations. Just come into it expecting that it is a painting that you interpret yourself you will probably enjoy it. It's visually good, besides the constant flashbacks and constant replaying stuff. It's visually beautiful. Got some very cute characters. And just leave it at that. That's how we always do it. That's all I can say. Me, I I say go into this I because I highly suggest it. I think it's a great show. If you have any kind of inkling of having... Because I don't even think that it was really... It, it does have sexy things in it, but it is not an etchy, oh, super fan servicey show. Well, yeah, most of the time, but whenever they did the judging things, it would, they were full on naked, so... I, I'm not. I'm not going to deny. I, I want to make sure I mean, that people don't go and watch I, it. With I, kids. I know. I understand. Well, no, 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 no. Do, do not. Looking do not flowers. watch this. Do not this watch is, this, this show. Is symbolizing <laughs> sex. So yeah. Yeah. Do not watch this with kids. No. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I do also know that there's a lot of people that do do turn away from shows that are heavily fan servicey, and I don't. I don't see this show as a fan servicey type show. It does have, it would be like going to watch a show that has a sex scene in it and being and saying, "Well, that's porno." I, I, it depends on your level of porno. Uh, I don't see this as a etchy show. I see it as having a couple of scenes that have nudity in there, but it's not something that is truly focused on. Does that make sense? Yeah, and when it happens, it happens, and it's it is very erotic, but it moves on. It moves on. Uh, it's not every two seconds a skirt flies up and you you see panties. It's it's okay. They're in the bathroom, and of course they are obviously all naked. Then we move on, and then it goes into the judging, and then they're naked again. It does the flower licking. Then we move on. Yeah, um, the one scene that I think was probably the worst was. Uh, Ginkgo and another girl and they were a very and it was a very sexual scene that was probably the worst of the entire show and that was probably what about five ten minutes segmented out in a little bit mm, yeah so five. I mean you can you can take that for what it is the rest of the show was pretty much just fine um I do highly suggest if you go into this show do not go in it with preconceived notions of seeing symbolism. Um, even if you weren't going in, like Andrew was saying, going in it with the secluded feeling, don't go in it looking for symbolism. Just go into it and enjoy the show. If the symbolism c- catches you, enjoy that symbolism. But don't sit there and try to delve into symbolism. Just enjoy the show for what it is. I think that uh, that will help you enjoy this show. But I do highly suggest it. I think it is very much worth the time. All right. Wasn't much debating as you thought it would be, huh? 
No, actually, I'm surprised. I figured we would be going at it, but we did talk about it for a long time. <laughs> well, like I said, I I, I came out, to, out of it very frustrated, but when I looked into why people were enjoying it, that made me understand that there was another element to it. It was an element of, this wasn't for me. And it doesn't make it a bad show. It makes it for a particular audience. And if you can't find either that connection with it, like I was mentioning, or to find the beauty in it with the visuals, it's just not for you kind of thing. And that's that's kind of where I left it. It doesn't mean that it's a bad show. I know that... Th- I guess it's a, a thing that I can watch a show where I really don't enjoy it, and I don't see any reason why anybody would enjoy it. I'll bash it. I'll, or I'm not, I'm not bashing it, but I'm going to say that I enjoy this. This is not something you should probably watch. But then there's a case like this, which is a very rarity of a case where when I see it, I go, I didn't enjoy this. But I do see there's a reason why somebody might enjoy it. I look into it and I realize this is what it was for. And so I can't really bash it. It's what it was for. If that makes any sense. I'm I'm with you. Okay, okay, make sure. That's all of our reviews. Is it? That's all of them. I'm surprised because I thought we were going to have a really short episode to this week. Um, but we did have Lock Horizon. Didn't get a chance to finish that. Um, we gave up on uh, the... the Bonjour patasseries. Yeah, there's there's quite a few that we a couple didn't that we kind of it. skipped that on, but we got most of them. We hope you all enjoyed all those reviews. I hope that you got some insight into them and they can tell you if you want to watch it or not. Um, but yeah, we're gonna close out this episode with the OP for Rolling Girls, which is Kindness to Others by the Rolling Girls, which I I, I watched through every time. I really enjoyed it. Well, so yeah, it's a good song. Y'all take care. Oh, thank you for listening. Oh, it's later. Oh,